6.30, Chad, live from the Grey Cup Festival. Yes, it is Grey Cup 106 presented by Shaw. And we are located this afternoon right in the heart of all the action. We're on Jasper Avenue, and it's the festival area. And there are people here, there, and everywhere. Great parade this morning. I'm anxious. I'm excited. I'm a lot of things about this 106th Grey Cup. But most of all, I'm really proud of Edmonton and the job that's been done by our city, by our festival committee. I'm going to talk with Murray Scambler, who's from the Eskimo Board of Directors, but also involved with the festival. We're going to do that in a moment. But we know about the game itself tomorrow. It kicks off at 4 o'clock. It's, I understand, sold out because I've had people asking me for tickets. And the Calgary Stampeders are in it for the third time. Straight, I'm talking. This year, last year, the year before. You know what happened the two previous years, don't you? Two years ago against the Ottawa Red Blacks in overtime. And the Red Blacks, who came into this league five years ago, are in this game for the third time in four years. Coached by the only coach they've ever had, an Edmonton kid by the name of Rick Campbell, who was runner-up, not really. He was in the finalist along with a finalist he was, but in that finalist group of two, he and the man who won it, Chris Jones from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That was a great night too. That was the awards night on Thursday. It started things off after the festival opened here at six o'clock on Wednesday night. And then we had the gala dinner last night. It was fantastic. It was great. 2100 down at the Shaw Convention Center. I tell you folks, what has been done with this, people must take a look and say, how do you ever top what Edmonton does? It's pretty hard to do. We are going to talk with a lot of people over the next couple of hours here up to four o'clock, and then Morley and Dave will be taking over from four until six o'clock. But you think, I guess you do, we all do, one time or another, about Calgary Stampeders, in it for the third time, 
like I said two years ago, lost in overtime to Ottawa, and last year had it won until right at the end. And they said, oh boy, it was against Toronto Argonauts. And what was the quarterback who was again for the second time named the MVP, Bo Levi Mitchell, what was he thinking? Because it turned out it was a mistake and it wound up going the other way for a winning touchdown and the Toronto Argos upset the favorite Calgary Stampeders. They're favored by four points in what I think is a pick 'em game. But can you imagine last year and the year before losing as they did, the Calgary Stampeders and their coach, Dave Dickinson? The losses hurt. I think they sting more than any of the great feeling of a win, which is sad. You should, you should cherish the other side. You should remember the good times, <laughs> not necessarily the pain, but... I think we're all been there. I think certain things in your life will always stay with you. Get over it, though. Time to live in today and, and take advantage of, of the moment. Yes, take advantage of the moment. Well, receiver Deontay Spencer, Stampeders, says, we as a team, I think we've dealt with adversity very well this season. Yeah, I feel like every time I, you know, I wouldn't say our backs was against the wall, but every time we had to, you know, be resilient and, and you know, find a way to to come out with a win I think we played our best when when our backs were you know against the wall and um, that just shows the toughness and, and the mentality that this team has man. yes toughness and mentality is what it takes and Makai Micah Johnson however you want to say that first name of his because I kidded him about it because it's spelled M-I-C-A-H. I said, is that Macaw? No, he said, that's a bird. I said, no, it's pretty close. I said, Micah. No, he said, it's, hey, just think of Mike, Micah. I said, okay, Micah. But we talked and you'll hear about what he has to say a little bit later on. But he did say, you do not want to dwell on the last two years, but you can use it as motivation. I think um, we have to be in the moment. I think that's key. A lot of people get to talking about last year and the year before. They don't have nothing to do with this game coming up Sunday. Great Cup before last didn't have to do anything with last year's Great Cup. So, I mean, I think it's very important to be in the moment. But like you said, in the same sense, you have to learn from your lesson. So I think um, you kind of got to walk that fine line. And I think guys have learned. There's a lot of different things we could take from those Great Cups. Things I would have did differently if I I can rewind back to those, but the great thing is we have another opportunity to be in, in, in another one. Opportunity to be in another one. What about Bo Levi Mitchell? Says his focus remains helping the Stampeders win after losing those previous two championships. We're judged first and foremost off championships, not individual accolades. So I, I believe that, you know, winning a great cup is just going to be, um, you know, not, not revenge or redemption for the last couple of years, but it's just going to build upon a legacy that this organization has put together uh, over decades of work. Yes. And then there's the other side, too. Guy by the name of Trevor Harris, his counterpart. Trevor Harris, much maligned. This is a guy who bounced around from one league to another league and just has gone and gone and gone and never had really much success, except he was a backup quarterback to Ricky Ray in 2012 with the Argos, and he was a backup quarterback to the Ottawa Red Blacks to Danny Barrett. So, uh, I mean, Henry Burris. I keep saying Danny Barrett. Henry Burris. Oh, how can you forget about Smiling Hank, right? Yeah, this is it. There's been a lot of names kicked around. But Hank 
you know, he retired after that uh, overtime win in the Grey Cup against Calgary two years ago. And uh, smiling Hank, Henry Burris, he's here as part of the TSN coverage group. I'm going to talk with Glenn Suter from that gang because he played in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, big Great Cup of 1989 when they upset the Eskimos who had a record of 16-2 and two, and they went on and won the Grey Cup with a 9-9 nine and nine record. There's all kinds of stories with these Grey Cups. I'm going to talk with Brian Williams who's been around a very long time and does a lot of insight stories but he of course is another part of uh, Grey Cup history. There's a lot of it but you know you talk about again Trevor Harris well, he threw six touchdown passes his last game. That was the one that Ottawa won the Eastern Final against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So here we are. And what did he say? Almost started, you know, as the backup when Ottawa was in that great cup in 2016. And this time around, hey. The ball is yours, Trevor Harris. Just looking to do my part. Uh, just like I was looking to do my part as the number two quarterback, being the eyes on the sideline, being there and available in case anything would happen. I'm just going to do my part as the starter this year and uh, do what I can do to help the team win. Do what I can do to help the team win. Many storylines here. It's been a kind of a terrific season in so many respects. A disappointing year in some other areas because of what's happened with Toronto Argonauts. And, you know, there's question marks surrounding the British Columbia Lions now who don't have a coach for next year with the retirement of, of Wally Bono. Oh, we've lots up until 4 o'clock to bring you here on this special Grey Cup preview show that we run every year on 6.30 Ched. Brought to you in part by Jiffy Lube. And while you get playoff ready, they make sure your vehicle is winter ready. Visit jiffylubeservice.ca and in part two by Crystal Glass because you know it's not just a quarterback who appreciates a clear view. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. We'll be back in a moment. 630 Chad live from the Grey Cup Festival. That's the kind of thing we hear around our town, you know, because there's music, music everywhere. And hi, everybody. This is Brian Hall right in the heart of the festival downtown by the Shaw Convention Center. And this is our Great Cup preview show. We began just after the 2 o'clock news. We go until 4, and then Morty and Dave will come in with more up until 6 o'clock. All brought to you in part by Jiffy Lube and by Crystal Glass. And you know, there are other things that are happening here, too. The commissioner, Randy Ambrosi. He's the new guy on the block, Randy Ambrosi. And boy, has he got a lot on his plate. And one of them is that... There's a new CBA that has to be reached with the players that will allow next season to go uninterrupted. And the commissioner speaking about that said he's confident the two sides will agree on a new deal. I've said before and I'll continue to say, I think the future is better together. I think all of the things we want to do will be better to do it together with the players. I think we can sit down with the players uh, shortly after the season ends, uh, lay out a path 
you know, put put in place a deal that's fair for both for both sides, for the players and for the and for the league and for our teams. Yeah, I'm confident that something's going to happen. You know, as a result, we have a lot of free agents kicking around. Zach Calaris, Bo Levi Mitchell, Mike Riley, and Trevor Harris, just to name the all-important area of quarterback. You think there aren't going to be a lot of people going after Mike Riley? Are you kidding me? But a lot of these guys are saying we want to see what's going to happen with the new CBA. And Bo Levi says, I'm putting out the word to you right now. A not-so-subtle message to the CFL and its players. He said, sign a new collective bargaining agreement. Do this immediately, new CBA. Replace the one that's set to expire in May. We don't want this hanging around. Get it done. I think we're all in agreement that, you know, uh, we want something fair. Uh, so does the league. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's fair for either side to expect major, major changes. I stand strong with my brothers, you know, in the union, and I want us to get the best deal we can possibly get. You know, but ultimately, man, I want to see the deal signed, and I, I want to see this, this league up and running as fast as possible. Oh, there's going to be a whole lot happen before next year. But here comes Murray Scrambler. Oh, he's from the executive uh, board of directors, the Eskimo Football Club board of directors, and he's looked after the big fundraising dinner the last several years and he was in charge of some things here with the festival hey come on over here sit down i am murray how you doing good brian thanks for having me on well i'm glad i spotted you outside the door walking down here this has been something hasn't it, it has been and you know with all the people that are out here today i'm surprised that you even saw me in that crowd <laughs> i know people people everywhere people everywhere you know the parade today i i was you know when i came down to watch the parade i was astounded by the the whole parade route was loaded and you rode the parade route so yep. you could confirm that Yes, indeed, and I'm just going to move your mic a little bit here because it's popping just a little bit. I think that'll be better. Okay. But anyway, uh, but there is lots of work to be done, isn't there? <clears throat> there is a lot of work to be done, and, you know, we've got to get through, you know, our Grey Cup Festival here, and then, you know, this upcoming year, uh, the league's got some issues, like I say, with the, with, uh, the players, but my hope is, you know, this is, a, this is a great football league. It's been around 106 years. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to uh, provide great entertainment in the, in the football game. Now, this festival alone, it, you know, it was a long time in the making. I mean, it was probably talked about over a year before now, right? <clears throat> well, we actually got, it's been 18 months since we got awarded the Grey wow. Cup for this year. And over a year ago, we put together the Grey Cup committee, uh, you know, host, uh, chaired by both Len and our board chair, Brad Sparrow. And we have probably uh, seven or eight different committees. Uh, uh, I chaired actually the event, uh, the Shaw Night, that you and I were at together uh, Thursday night, which was just one of the best uh, awards presentations I can remember in the last years. Very professionally, very well done. Classy, very classy. And uh, so everyone there packed Windspear Center. Uh, you know, it was really, uh, and didn't go too long, but was very meaningful uh, with all the, the players except their awards. Of course, uh, then last night, you know, the big gala affair that you were at. Oh, it was great. <coughs> and, 20, uh, you know, there were 2,100 people. 
2100 and uh, you know they had uh, uh, great entertainment and uh, I was I spent last night actually myself over at the Spirit and it was packed bumper to bumper always is Spirit always. of Edmonton it's uh, for the folks who are listening this is the last night but uh, it, it it's in the uh, area it's in the ballroom of the Western Hotel ballroom of the Western yeah. and it actually just it just started today at two o'clock and they've got bands that run right through till one o'clock tonight and uh, you know the Spirit of Edmonton the last seven years have brought in that band from Moncton Spoiled Rotten which they, they the fans just love and so uh, you know there's just all kinds of things and then tomorrow you know there's a football game Brian and uh, you know uh, everything so far has run real smooth for us uh, for the organization and uh, I think the city really embraces this uh, I've been to probably the last 10 or 15 Grey Cups, and uh, this one is just run so smoothly and so well attended. Uh, Edmontonians can be really proud of what happened. Absolutely. You know, the thing about Edmonton is, it's like you talked about with the parade. I mean, the way they turned out for the parade, Edmontonians get involved. Yeah. And we've been lucky with uh, your friends at Global and at Ched who've brought the good weather here too as well this weekend. Like so, that? We, yeah. we ordered it up special. Yeah, no, you've done a good job. You must have been talking to your guy last week to get this all organized, Brian. Yeah, I, I can tell you this. And, of course, one other note too. And, again, congratulations, though, to everybody. And I know that it's uh, more than just the Eskimo Football Club because they work with a lot of organizations. But uh, the football club itself, too, also makes money out of holding these events. Well, they do. And, uh, you know, in years past, this is actually the first year that the, the, the actual uh, way the Grey Cups organize is a little different. Every, uh, every year up until this year, this is the first year where, in fact, the Grey Cup proceeds will be shared with every team in the league, just not the team that hosted. Yeah. And so we, uh, we took that on, and that was a big bite. But uh, I think the, the league and Randy Ambrosi should be very happy with not only the, the success of this event, but way the money is going to be distributed with other teams in our oh, league, sure. our other partners. Yeah, that, and that's a great idea, but we had the first Grey Cup in 84, we had a second one in 97, a third one in 202, the Eskimos were in it, Jason Moss was the quarterback, lost to Montreal, then we had one in 2010, I remember that, I was the parade marshal, and then we have this one, so this is the fifth time. Now, they built up a big fund, I know they have 11, 12 million dollars in their fund, but they have given money, like seven million dollars for the field house, they've done things to upgrade uh, Commonwealth Stadium, which is owned operated by Parks and Rec, but the number one tenant, the Eskimos, and they've kept it up to standards. It's as good as there is in North America. And the other part of it is, now you're gonna take $500,000 as a result of it and put an inflatable dome over the field, not the stands, the field, so it can be used in the winter for soccer or whatever else, right? That's it, and that's gonna be the legacy of this year's Grey Cup here in Edmondson. Uh, over at Foot Field, the University of Alberta done this so probably two or three years now they've had their uh, bubble if you will over top of Footfield and we're gonna our hope is to do the same thing here at Commonwealth Stadium which would make it a 12 month of the year venue uh, they can just put the people right from the locker rooms to the gymnasium right onto the field for soccer rugby baseball
people, Fantastic. concerts maybe. Fantastic. So that will be the legacy of this great cup for the city of Edmonton from the Edmonton Eskimos. Fantastic. Thanks for the background and all the updates and uh, the great job everybody's done, starting with the Eskimo Football Club. Thanks, Murray, very much. Thank you, Brian. And on behalf of the CFL, thank you for your 60-plus years of <laughs> broadcasting our product. Thank you very much. Murray Scambler from the uh, Board of Directors of the Eskimos, the Great Cup Festival Committee. It's just to let you know that there are so many people involved and we'd like you to hear the stories. We're coming up to 27 and a half after the hour. Going to take a quick break for news update bottom of the hour. Then we're back with a whole lot more on this special Great Cup preview show brought to you in part by Jiffy Lube and Crystal Glass. 6.30 Chad, live from the Great Cup Festival. is really jumping folks there are people everywhere here at the festival site where we're broadcasting this special Grey Cup preview show brought to you in part by Crystal Glass because it's you know not just a quarterback who appreciates a clear view call 310 glass or visit crystalglass.ca and you know I ran into John Huffnagel the other day now Huff as I've known him over all these years is a real football guy. Originally comes from Jersey, and I remember meeting him first when he was a quarterback with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He's had quite a football life, really he has, and he and I chatted about this team that he runs, he's the guy. I mean, the organization, the Stampeders, is owned by the Calgary Flames organization. And John Huffnagel runs it, he's the man who picked Dave Dickinson to be the coach, an old quarterback, and a very sharp guy. And John Huffnagel, he and I chatted. I said, hey Huff, I know you're a little nervous about Sunday, but it never does get old being in these big games, does it? Yeah, it never does. Uh, the excitement, uh, knowing all the hard work that everybody uh, in the organization put forth to have a chance to win the championship, uh, can't get anything better than that. Was this season a little different than the past two? Oh, it, it was somewhat different. Uh, this is the first time where we had to win our last game to finish in first place, which was a, a big deal to get that bye week. Uh, so that, that may have may helped us in the game on Sunday. Maybe it doesn't. But uh, I know our guys are very focused, and you know, we're playing a good football team in Ottawa, and we have to play real good football to give ourselves a chance. But you are very experienced because I looked at your roster from two years ago. You have 25 players now that were with that team a couple of years ago. So there's that feeling. It's it's a special feeling, I think, with the group this year. Well, number one, we try to, you know, recruit good guys. And then once we have the good guys, try to keep them. You know, so I'm not a big free agent dealer, so I'm not looking to, uh, in the free agent market, uh, to improve the football team i think i got good players i'm trying to get the younger guys in our off-season scouting to come in and be the competition uh so yeah we do have a lot of veterans from uh the last two years and hopefully that pays dividends in sunday's game what you're thinking about this ottawa club because i know you've taken a look yeah. no i mean they're 
they're a better football team than they were earlier in the year when we played them. Uh, their last game, uh, the, the Eastern Final, they played lights out. Us, offensively, they were unstoppable. So, you know, we're going to have to try to slow them down a little bit on Sunday. And hopefully our defense can rise to that occasion. And offensively, hey, the best way to slow down another team's offense is stay on the field. Get first downs and use up the clock. Would you agree that it's been a little different year for Bo because of the injuries to your receiving core and the things that have taken place? I thought he did a magnificent job this year, you know, facing everything that he had to face yeah. as a quarterback. Right. I mean, Bo has had a good year, no question about it. Uh, there was a, a point in time of the season where him and the receivers uh, were making a lot of downfield plays, okay? That has, because of the... Uh, the injuries that we had at the, the receiver position uh, were probably not as fast twitch, uh, you know, but we're still very highly skilled. We have some uh, size uh, that will allow us to win some uh, jump ball battles, and uh, we just have to develop a little bit different game to get first downs and put the ball in the end zone. Oh, there's a name that sticks out to me, I believe. Rogers, is that the name? Yes. Not, not bad. Huh? When you talk about guys jumping in the air, he made one great catch, that, didn't he? That was a tremendous catch. I mean, that shows you how strong his hands are, you know, to go up in the air, you know, uh, have survived contact, but then coming down with both hands on the ball, but the ball hitting the ground and it never budging. So he... he uh, we had contact, I mean, had possession all the way through, and that's just a sign of great, strong hands catching the football. But as a former quarterback yourself, I took a look at that play again, and I said, you know, end zone, got to have it, don't want to kill the play and the drive by having it intercepted. I know how high he can jump. And I'm putting it high, and Bo put it high intentionally. No question about it. I mean, uh, we, we know we have uh, sometimes there's a, a size advantage, and we're going to try to take advantage of it. And Bo did a great job of putting to a spot where it's a safe throw, it's a, it's a good play, or it's an incompletion, and we move on. What about your run game? Our running game, uh, we... we, we did a nice job uh, running the football last week. Always, I'm always a guy that wants 100 yards rushing at least uh, each and every football game. We haven't achieved that goal this year, you know. But uh, we're we're definitely not just one-dimensional football team. So uh, I thought Donnie Jackson and the combination, but Romar Morris and uh, and Terry Williams have have done a nice job. They have some explosion to them. Uh, we have to get them to the second level and let them go to work. But the key, and I've talked to a number of, not, not just Ottawa, players in the league, the key to Calgary, that defense, the way now it comes from the inside the rush. Two great defensive tackles, then you got the outside, you got the coverage in the back end. I mean, I mean that defense is really solid. Yeah, it, it is strong. It's a, it really, there's only one game this year that... I thought they played subpar, uh, but most of the time they've shown up and, and played very good defensive football. They're athletic. Uh, we have speed, and they're, they're a lot of veterans. Okay, we we do we 
one thing coming into uh, training camp and into this new season was trying to find a boundary corner, and Trey Robinson has filled that position admirably. Uh, and so, you know, we just need to go out there and play the type of game that we know we can play. Uh, again, try to contain them, control them. What was your, finally, your thought watching Trevor Harris? Because he's been in and out. I mean, he himself, I think one of his statements after winning the East was, I couldn't, I couldn't throw a touchdown pass to save my soul. I mean, he just said he's, in other words, he said, I know I've been very, very inconsistent. You're talking about six touchdown passes, but he knows, we all know, and you certainly know, you got to have the receivers. You got to have the protection up front. The quarterback's got to get it there. It's true. But when it gets there, you better do, you know, what that Rogers guy does. You got to go after it and hang on to it. Right. I mean, he has a, a, a very sound offense, uh, a lot of skills surrounding him. He's a smart quarterback with great vision and good accuracy. So, you know, he does the things that you want from a guy playing that position. Uh, and he just had a tremendous game. Now, that whole football team had a tremendous game last Sunday. One game shots. Hey, all the talk about what we have, what they have. And one game shots. Oh, boy. It should be a great Sunday of football. Thank you. All right, Bob. Okay, thanks very much to John Huffnagel, who runs that Calgary Stampede organization very, very well. And Pundit Rod Maver says, you know, the team is very much aware what Grey Cup Week is all about. Things become less foreign, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You understand the week. You understand the practice schedules. You understand the meeting times, the shuttling back and forth, uh, the media days, how things are run. Um, just no surprises at this point but every single cup is unique every single year is unique because the team changes every single year mm-hmm. um, but we obviously understand that this third time here there's definitely a job that we need to get done oh you think they're not wired you bet they are but then there's that other team the ottawa red blacks headed up by hey a local kid well he's just a kid to me Rick Campbell, we'll hear a little from them as well when we come back on our Grey Cup preview show. Brought to you in part by Jiffy Lube and Crystal Glass, because it's not just a quarterback who appreciates a clear view. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. It's 2.42. We'll pause a moment or two, and we'll be back to hear more about this game, and this time from the Eastern champion, Ottawa Red Blacks. Yes, it is uh, Grey Cup 106 presented by Shaw tomorrow. How's that weather forecast? Pretty good, huh? One degree. And, you know, I have people that are now contacting me, asking me about where can they get tickets. A couple of days ago, I had tickets, but no longer do I have tickets. I think folks are suddenly saying, hey, I want to be at this game. It's going to be a dandy four point favorites of the calgary stampeders in it for the third straight year ottawa red blacks in it for the third time in the last four years the only coach they've ever had rick campbell and his mom and dad the legendary hugh campbell wife oh yeah i tell you what uh 
they're all going to be here, brothers, sisters, everybody, family, aunts, uncles. Anyway, the point is that mom and dad were not in the previous two Grey Cups that they were in. They were not in attendance at the game. They wanted to stay away from Rick. But this time, hey, they're here. And his sisters, I know, are going to be here. And the family, so, yeah. And, you know, like, he's got a sister, Molly, who works for the Calgary Stampeders. She's been in PR with football teams. She at one time was with the Eskimos. She wound up down in Calgary when he was coaching with the Stampeders. Oh, yeah, Molly's been around. They're around the Campbells. They're around all the time. And, you know, the funny thing about talking about Calgary being in it three straight years and Ottawa Red Blacks three of the past four years, his dad, Hugh, who played in this league with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders when they won their first ever Grey Cup 1966. He was a receiver on the end of passes from the great Ronnie Lancaster. Well, he came here as the coach of the Eskimos in 1978. That was the 77, actually. 78 was the run of five in a row. 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, five in a row. Great Cup victories, won them all. But was also in it in 77, his first year coaching the Eskimos. So for the first six years that he coached the Eskimos, they went to the Great Cup every year, and they won five in a row. And in 77, I remember when the Eskimos hired him, succeeding the very popular Ray Yock, they said, this guy from Whitworth College, where in Spokane or someplace, what are you talking about? So he played in the league, big deal. And he came up here and had a rough first half of the season. They didn't win very much. But the second half of the year, they caught fire, won them all, and went to the Grey Cup. And then they got hammered in the famed Staples game by Montreal. But back in the Grey Cup the next year, 78, which was the first year of football in Commonwealth Stadium, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary today. It's their 40th anniversary. And he started a run of five in a row. So he was in six straight Grey Cups. Dad Hugh. But mom and dad are going to be here. And Rick, who played, you know, well, quarterback at Harry Ainley. And Harry Ainley's in for the championship today. And he says, I'm going to be rooting for him. But he went to Harry Ainley, was the quarterback there. And he was a coach here with the Eskimos, an assistant coach for 11 years. And people were saying, ah, he's only there because his dad is Hugh. He's, but that isn't it. He's turned out to be a great coach. And he says... Hall of Famers Don Matthews and Calgary's president GM, who we heard from earlier, I talked with John Huffnagel. He said they helped me develop along the way. First guy I was with was Don. The last guy was with Huff here, and you know those bookends would be you know two pretty good examples of guys that are Hall of Fame type guys that uh, endured in football for a long time. And I, I, I think the biggest thing is keeping your eye on the prize and that you're trying to, the goal is to put people in the best position possible so they can contribute and uh, contribute to the team and try to win games. Yeah, that's it. And that's the story of him. So there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, have gone on. A lot of really good stories around. And I talked with a number of people that uh, I'm sure that you know their name. As an example, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Bob Irving, Knuckles, we call him. 
and he's been doing the Bombers for a very, very long time. And the Bombers, of course, lost out in the playoff this year. Five years under Michael O'Shea, close but no cigar. So I wondered, what about the future of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, their coach, Michael O'Shea, and the new organization they put together? There were stories around, and they stumbled during the course of the year. The quarterback, Matt Nichols, who's, of course, a former Eskimo, and uh, they lost several games in succession, and the fans were booing the team, and then they caught fire and came on at the end of the season, and they got to the, they got to the final, but they couldn't quite make it. But I talked with Bob Knuckles Irving, and here's a little of that conversation. Well, let's talk about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers season. Sure. And specifically your coach, Michael O'Shea, five years. And the next day I was astounded to read a story that said, maybe this is the end for Michael O'Shea because he's only been in one playoff game winning it. Yeah. And it's been 28 years since the Bombers have been in the Grey Cup game. Uh, I said, what, what is this? I mean, Bombers have had some really good seasons, including this one, and he had to fight through that four consecutive losses and get them back on track. Yeah. Well, his job's not in jeopardy, Halsey, at all, and it, it never was. I'll say this. When they were five and seven, Mike O'Shea did the best coaching job I think that he's done in the five years he's been in Winnipeg. And you know what he did? He stayed the course. He said, we have good players. This is going to turn around. We just have to stick with the process. And I know those are all cliches, but it's stuff Mike believes in. And sure enough, they went on a winning streak and at the end of the year were one of the hottest teams in the league. They've won 11, 12, and 10 games the last three years. Only Calgary has won more in the regular season. And I know they haven't got to the Grey Cup, and that's what drives the fans nuts. But uh, they've got a good thing going in Winnipeg right now, and there's no way they're going to disrupt it. And you were in the big game for the right to go to the Grey Cup. Yeah, that's right. It came very close. I mean, there are three points down to Calgary with six minutes left in the game in Calgary, where teams rarely win. So they're close. And the fans in Winnipeg get frustrated, and they say, oh, God, another year we came up short. Maybe we should change things up. Well, that's the worst thing they could do now, in my opinion, Halsey, is change things up. Stay the course. Stay the course. Matt Nichols, your quarterback, I think, learned a lesson or two about making comment after a game that can be easily misconstrued. Well, he was... He was booed, and O'Shea was booed at the end of that game, which everybody talked about in Winnipeg, Brian. And then Matt, who wears his emotions on his sleeve, said it hurt him a little bit, the booing, because he's really a quality guy, as you know, from his time in Edmonton. But, I, you know, I think the fans are over that now. They cheered him later in the year, and uh, Matt's a great guy. He really is, and I think he's a very good quarterback, and I think he's a quarterback you can win a championship with, and I guess we'll find out in the next few years. But, no, he's, I think he's still well-liked in Winnipeg. Is there a quarterback controversy no. to some degree with Chris Strebler there? No, not at all. Now, Strebler's an, an enticing young prospect, as you well know. And one of the things I wondered about the West Final is why we didn't see a little bit more of him in those packages that he runs. Uh, but no, Matt Nichols will be the quarterback. Mike O'Shea, Paul Lapolis, uh, and Buck Pierce, who run the offense, think Nichols is the guy that they're going to win with. Now, they, they love Strebler, too, and what he brings as the backup guy. And at the end of next year, 
when Strebler's contract is up, if he continues to develop, Brian, they're going to have to make a decision whether to let him go and stick with Matt or, you know, maybe change things up. But for now, it's Nichols. Hey, like it happened in Vancouver with Mike Riley. Exactly, yeah. So you either let him go somewhere else and maybe turn into a star or decide, hey, this is the guy we need to cast our lot with. So I don't know what they're going to do. But for now, Nichols is the guy. There's no question about it. But you have a good, solid organization because it wasn't too many years ago, it was not that. Well, that's very true. I mean, the Bombers have gone through some miserable times starting at the top, and that's usually where the problems begin, Brian, as you well know. But now with Wade Miller, Kyle Walters, the GM, and Mike as head coach, the organization is very stable. They have winning seasons now. They're competitive. They bring good players in. Players want to play in Winnipeg. And back the times you're talking about, players didn't want to come to Winnipeg. So, no, it's all good. It's all good in Winnipeg, except for one thing. They got to get to the Grey Cup and win it. I mean, it's a nine-team league in 28 years, Brian. Nine-team league, 28 years. Come on, the law of averages, right? I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Speaking about Grey Cup games, what about this one Sunday? Oh, I like Calgary big time. I know Ottawa's Big time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, and maybe it's because of the way they played against Winnipeg in the West Final. Their defense, to me, their defense, when they decide, when they decide they're going to take things away from you they can do it like no other defense in this league i still think they're the best defense in this league and i think they're going to win by at least 10 on sunday really yeah i do i, I think trevor harris is going to have a tough time and i, I mean harris had an awesome east final but i just feel and, and i think calgary is so motivated brian from losing the limes gray cup games uh bo levi's highly motivated and i think he's the best quarterback in the league well maybe he and mike riley um so i like calgary a lot Thank you. Okay, Brian. <laughs> okay, Bob Irving, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. End of the first hour of our special Grey Cup preview, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. While you get playoff ready, they make sure your vehicle is winter ready. Visit JiffyLubeService.ca. And, of course, brought to you in part by Crystal Glass, because it's not just a quarterback who appreciates a clear view. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Speaking about that tough Calgary defense, it's great. Devon Claybrooks, who played for them and is their defensive coordinator and could be a head coach in this league pretty darn quick. We're going to hear from him when we come back after the top of the hour and the news. And I'll tell you what, the place is jumping down here on Jasper Festival Grey Cup 2018.